This is the Colts Free Agent Tracker, a look at some key in-house free agents this offseason. In the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Hey, welcome back to Free Agent Tracker Podcast Returns. I'm Matt Taylor, Bill Brooks, Casey Vallier along in studio as well. This is our off-season in-house look at the in-house free agents, if you will, for the Indianapolis Colts. 17 of them either restricted, unrestricted free agents for the Colts, and it's it's here. I mean, free agency starts next Wednesday, the legal tampering period, which sounds silly to say, <laughs> yeah. as we always, I don't always understand preface that. with that. That <laughs> right. begins on Monday, and uh, so far on our free agent tracker series, we've taken a hard look at Ashton Doolin, Bobby O'Karake, Dennis Kelly, Matt Pryor, Tyquan Lewis, Ben Banigou, Paris Campbell, Matt Hawk, Chase McLaughlin, Brandon Faison, and Rodney McLeod. Later on this week, we're going to take a look at EJ Speed. But today, fellas, it's all about the pass rush here. It's about the defensive end. It's coming off the edge. It's defensive end, Yannick Ngakwe. Bill, you ready to roll, my friend? I'm ready to roll. Excited about free agency, see what happens. Uh, this is a fun time of the year to see some movement going on out there in the National Football League. It all started with the uh, combine this right. uh, past week, but uh, free agency is, is big. You know, K- Casey, once the Super Bowl is over, you feel like, okay, there's time to decompress. No. It's time to kind of get ready <laughs> gradually for the upcoming season. Boom, here's the combine. Here's free agency. I mean, we saw it on Monday. We're taping this on Tuesday, the right. week before free agency. We saw on Monday – a slew of moves. Derek Carr, uh, we had the Geno Smith move. I mean, the NFL laughs at everything and everybody when they think it's just going to slow down. That's what I always think about all the other professional sports. Like, their offseason, they go away. Like, <laughs> like we live here in Indiana, and I'm a, I'm a Pacers fan, but when the Pacers season is over, I, honestly, I don't, don't hear much about the Pacers for a couple months. In the NFL, I mean, it is top of mind always, as Matt no mentioned. Doubt. I mean, we see after the Combine, You've got a free agent signing in Derek Carr. Extensions are handed out. You're looking Cat at casualties. all these guys yes. that are getting released. I mean, just look at what's going on in the Colts division here with the Titans. I, I mean, know. they've released four guys, and then now there's rumor they're, sh- they're, they're shopping Derek Henry. I mean, this is a crazy time, and it, the new league year hasn't even started yet. So right. that is yeah, it three, is a fun time for it's sure. It's 365. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a catch-22 because the first weekend of the NCAA tournament is so awesome for yeah. obvious <laughs> reasons. But then you always have one eye on your phone with breaking news, <laughs> right. with free agency and everything. So you can't really fully enjoy it because you never know when you're going to be yanked back into you know having to, to study a new player. Right, you almost could be joining the fold there. You right? almost need that fifth screen because you, you have the, the games on <laughs> four. You have That's games on need. four channels and you got to have that other screen for the NFL action. Oh, God. That's the last thing we need. Exactly. No, another screen. And the last thing is your phone, the yeah. screen, TV. Right. I already have a crick in my neck, dude. Exactly. Terrible. But you laugh, but it's kind of true. Right, exactly. That's, that's the sad part that's of it. That's the reality it. of it. All right, let's break down Unique Ngakwe here heading into free agency. As we've talked about, this is one of the more – you know, marquee free agents that the Colts have in terms of making a decision on. So last year, we all know about the trade for Ngakwe right there at the beginning of the new league year. I think it was March 16th, so right around this time, uh, the Colts traded cornerback Rakyasin to the Raiders in exchange for Ngakwe. Last year, had a team-high nine-and-a-half sacks. That ranked second on the team, or I should say uh, the, the nine-and-a-half sacks, number one, ranked number two on the team with 16 quarterback hits, 41 pressures, played 15 out of 17 games, missed the final two games because of that weird throat injury that he had that kind of came out of nowhere. He's practicing, and then on Friday of the next week, 
um, you know, went to doctors and trainers and said, hey, I still got this going on. So they wisely shut him down, had a procedure placed on IR. So he missed the last two games of the season. Um, that was right. I think right after Christmas that happened for Ngakwe. So, Bill, I'll start with you. How do you view the season that Unique had in his one year so far with the Indianapolis Colts? You know, looking at Unique's stats over the previous six years that uh, he had played before he got here, you look at his stats, you have roughly averaged about nine sacks a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, nine sacks a season and roughly about 28 tackles a, a, a season as well. And that's what he pretty much had here. You know, he had nine and a half sacks here this year and roughly about uh, 29, I think it's 29 tackles he had as well this year. So I kind of expected that uh, from Yannick. I think the one thing that I think helped uh, the defense was Yannick gave some of those young guys, we gave Quiddy Pay, Dio some information on how to play in Gus Bradley's defense as far as playing in that uh, certain type of defense that Gus Bradley has and right. help those young guys kind of develop and, and, and move along. So I, what I saw from Yannick, I kind of expected also – playing in the 15 games. I, you know, I was hoping he played 17. You know, it's that weird thing you mentioned earlier about the throat. But I, what he did to, uh, this past year, I kind of expected and uh, look forward to, you know, maybe maybe a few more tackles. But for the most part, right. I expected what he, uh, he he produced. You know, Casey, going back to those nine and a half sacks, again, that's a good number. If you, if you judge NFL defensive ends strictly by sacks, which we kind of fall in the trap of doing, right. and yes. we probably shouldn't, but that nine and a half number, that's pretty good by NFL standards. But some critics, Casey, will say the nine and a half sacks were not very impactful. Is that criticism fair? I think it's warranted, but I don't know if it's entirely fair. Now, Matt, you know me. I'm a big baseball guy. So when I put it in baseball terms, it's the way I look at it. You'll every now and then you look at some of these hitters in baseball and they'll have 30 plus home runs and you look at it and you're like, I don't feel like I don't remember do- them doing it at all. And it may have came in times when the game may have been out of reach. Maybe the pitcher wasn't mm-hmm. throwing the best stuff. But it's still something that it forces the opponent to look at. Yes. So it may not be impactful when you're watching the game. But at the end of the day, nine and a half sacks, it gets the defensive coordinators or offensive coordinators looking at it, and they have to be aware of what it is. So therefore, that impacts the game. So it may not have, when you looked at it, the big moments, it may not have been Yannick doing something, but everything was there that he has proven he can, and it forces a change in the game plan from that aspect. And I agree with Casey with that. The guy has to go out there and play. And also, when he gets those numbers, as you said, the offensive coordinator has to keep in his mind, hey, this guy can rush the passer. He right. can get to the quarterback. He can wreck our offense. But also, at times, you know, yes, you want him to rush the passer, but there's all times he's doing other things to help other guys, you know, get sacks and get uh, and produce some numbers out there. So it's not always the numbers all the time. It's what that guy is doing for that team and for the defense at that time. This just kind of popped in my head. I mean, going back to last year, or I, guess I should say the year before last, so 2021, we always talked about – the propensity of double teams that DeForest Buckner saw because the Colts didn't have that year a legitimate bona fide threat off the edge. Quiddy Pay was a rookie. Dio Adangbo was a rookie. Dio only played, you know, 10 games that year. I'm just, I, I, I really don't know the answer to this. I don't expect you guys to. But off the top of your head, Bill, did you see nearly as many double teams for DeForest Buckner because of the presence of Unique Ngakwe on the edge and his history of playmaking ability at that position to be honest with you if i i couldn't answer that question right. as you said right now off the top of my head but you would think from what DeForest has done in the past mm-hmm. i think he would get a lot of double teams which would hopefully free up 
Ngakwe or yeah, whoever's work playing the other in, way around. Or, whether, right, or maybe Ngakwe is you right. know, getting double teamed and people will say, hey, you know what? We have to be aware of him. And you're aware of Ngakwe, then you let DeForest go. And he gets a sack. So, you know, when you have someone, as we talked about earlier, is that, that threat to mm-hmm. get those sacks, you have to be aware of him. That changes things that the office coordinator has to think about as far as maybe his blocking scheme and things he wants to do because sometimes if you leave that one guy out there uh, at that tackle or the tight end on the end, right. it can be big problems for the offense. You know, when you look at this, Ngakwe has at least eight sacks, seven consecutive seasons. Bill, you talked about, like, the history of – of Ngakwe, like what what does the back of his football card say? That's what it says. He's going to get you eight sacks, um, and it's happened seven consecutive years, third longest active streak in the NFL, one of only five players in NFL history to record at least eight sacks in their first seven seasons since that stat uh, was officially tracked all the way back to 1982. He joins Reggie White, Aaron Donald, Derek Thomas, and Demarcus Ware, Casey Valle. I mean, that's some heavy hitters right there. That is right Hall of there. Fame worthy right that, there. That, I mean, those are company. your elite defensive ends for sure. So it, it, it begs the question, I mean, Casey, can the Colts afford to lose that type of consistency, especially now we should throw this in there as well, Gus Bradley is coming back. He's right. going to be the defensive coordinator, and that is the system. That is the coach that Unique Ngakwe feels most comfortable with. Can the, can the Colts afford to lose that much consistency despite when and how these sacks for Ngakwe last year came? Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, you talk about one of the key parts of football is, you know, you in order to be – Reliable, you have to be available, and he has been available, and he has been consistent. You kind of know what you're going to get, and that is so key, especially when you're thinking about that position. You want to be able to know you've got your guy who has the ability to get after the quarterback, and that is one thing that Yannick has shown, and he's shown it inside this Gus Bradley defense, which he's so familiar with. So all of those things would make it believe that that would give him an upper level to have a little bit of a you know that that leg to stand on in his case for free agency to coming back here now prior to this week i would have said his market would be a little bit bigger when it comes to free agency because the group of pass rushers that are going to hit the open market is a little less but then we've seen bud dupree frank clark and then also leonard floyd all look to be cap casualties for their mm-hmm. team so it also lessens that you know his leverage his leverage but mm-hmm. but i think when you're looking at it you think of eight sacks seven straight years the company he has joined that is one of those things that he can put his hat on and just kind of say enough said you tell me what's going on <laughs> exactly I man i agree with the case so, you know he he's done it and that's what you want as a part of availability but also consistency mm-hmm. every year so each year he's gone out there you know you for the most part, him being healthy, he's going to probably give you eight sacks during the season. But not just that. Also, in this day and age of the quarterbacks, everything's about the quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. You have to have something to try to neutralize quarterbacks. Right. And one of the ways to neutralize quarterbacks is putting pressure on the right. quarterback from the edge. And Yannick can do that. And at least keeping that guy in the pocket. Exactly. exactly. And Yannick can do that. He's one of the guys. So I think that you know his consistency is a bonus for him. Uh, he can show you, as Casey said, hey, this is my stats. This is what I've done over my seven years in the National Football League. I'm going to be ready to play. I can help this defense out. So I I, th- I think for his consistency, I think that's going to help him and it'll help a, a defense as well. Yeah, you guys both talked about the durability, the availability factor for Ngakwe. 
He missed those two games last year. Last year was the first time in his career he missed multiple games in the same season, Man. right? He's only missed four games total in his first seven years in the NFL. Let me ask you this, Casey, I'll start with you. If the Colts do not re-sign Ngakwe, where would that production come from on this roster as it sits right now? Who are some guys the Colts can trust? Is it is it Quiddy Pay? Is it Dioa Dangbo? And again, you throw in the durability factor for Ngakwe, only missed four games in seven years. For Quiddy Pay, he's missed seven games in two years, Casey. It's tough. I mean, that that's the key. It's something that we we saw a couple years ago when they let Justin Houston walk and Nico Autry sign with the Titans. They kind of bet on those young guys. They drafted Quiddy Pay. We knew that Dio was going to be a bit of a project because he was coming off that Achilles. But it's one of those things that they threw them out there at a young age, and it didn't really come to fruition at an early age. So you look at it now, and you say, well, if Yannick walks, the guys that are going to have to step up would be those two guys. you got to have big production out of Quiddy, big production out of Dio. You know what you're going to get with DeForest Buckner and the way that Grover Stewart has emerged. That looks like a formidable four for sure. But you got to have those other two guys take that next step, and that is hard, not because they don't have the talent. It's just because you haven't seen it yet. You're not saying that Quiddy Pay can't go mm-hmm. out and have 11.5 sacks and Dio can have six. We just haven't seen that. So it's hard to put all that trust in that because, as Bill alluded to, the quarterback position is so important in the NFL, and you have to be able to neutralize it from the opponent's standpoint. So being able to know – with a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, you can just pencil in eight or more sacks. It's a nice security blanket to have, exactly. Yeah, those guys, you hopefully, as Casey said, you hope those two guys can step up. Now, I look at Dio as when he came here, his rookie year was injured, and so he had some took some time to get up to speed, and you know then he got up to speed, and the next year he has a, we have a new system now, so he has to learn a whole new system. So I'm looking for this year for Dio to be a, a bigger year for Dial because now he's in the, was in the system last year. Mm-hmm. He was healthy last year. This whole offseason he can now actually work out to get better as far as physically and know the system. So I think it's great for Dio. But so those guys have to step up, Dio and Quiddy both, because as Casey said, you have Dio, you have Quiddy, and you have DeForest, and you have Grover in the middle. As I said, I think that is a formidable foursome up front. But you have to have that uh, production from the outside guys. And then you have to find some other guys that's going to be able to rotate in there. We don't know who that's going to be because that's going to be a big part of the defense also. You have to have some rotation to give those guys a break. Who's going to be next year's Al-Kadim Muhammad? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what those things you have to look for in the draft possibly or in free agency because that's why, as we talked about earlier, this is such an exciting time in National Football League where free agency starts and then you're thinking about, okay, who are the young guys coming up that we could possibly draft? early rounds, late rounds, whenever we may be, but some guys that we can bring in to give us some help. And, and sticking with Dio, real quick, Bill, one of the things you mentioned is that Achilles injury, a lot of times it's that second year yes. off of that. So that is one thing where, we, like we keep saying, we don't, we haven't seen it, but you hope that it's there. The, you, I mean, he's got all the raw talent in the world. I yes. mean, you've seen what this guy can do, and you saw it a little bit later last year when Taekwon Lewis went down with his injury. He definitely took that next step to showing that he can be a little bit more of a consistent player, but you want to see him be able to elevate, and that's why it's hard to just say you can let Yannick walk yes. because you just don't know what you have in those two guys on a consistent basis mm-hmm. yet. All right, lastly, Casey, you mentioned some of the 
cap casualties, some of the big-name free agents that might be out there. Nothing official yet. They won't become official until the new league year. But we're hearing reports about uh, other defensive ends uh, around the NFL possibly joining that free agent class at defensive end. Casey, what, what kind of market do you think Ngakwe will have outside of Indianapolis? That's the first part of this. The second part of this, and we talked about this with Paris Campbell a couple weeks ago, where does Ngakwe rank with this free agent in-house class that the Colts have? Is Ngakwe the most coveted free agent that the Colts have? Should he be prioritized the most, Casey, of the 17 guys that we've talked about? It's it's hard. I mean, he's definitely up there in that list. I mean, just because you look at the production, the consistency, and just because, I mean, I'm not throwing, you know, I'm not saying this free agent class for the Colts isn't, like, a bunch of great players. I don't think you have any of those, like, really move-the-needle guys. I think there's a handful of them, and I think Yannick and Paris would be the top two if you're asking me as far as free agents you want to keep here. I think Bobby Okereke has put together a really good sample size, but you look at the financials you already have at linebacker, that kind of puts him a little lower on that list just because of what he is probably going to get in the open market. But I think Yannick Ngakwe falls in there as something that you definitely have to entertain that option. And one of the things you you mentioned at the top, you know, what does that free agent market look like? It's definitely looking like there's going to be a handful more names out there, but I think the biggest thing I'm going to keep coming back to is the scheme fit here with Gus Bradley in that Leo position. He has played throughout a majority of his career, only a couple years without Gus Bradley. We know we've seen the production without it, but you've seen what he can do inside the scheme. You know you don't have to worry about it. You can kind of just place him there and and, and kind of do everything else because you know what he's going to do. So I think all of that plays in favor for him returning, but you know what happens in, in free agency. I mean, you start throwing a bunch of dollar signs out there, and sometimes it gets to the point where it's like, we just can't pay that exactly. because you've got to look at the value of what you're paying. And free mm-hmm. agency always, year in, year out, guys get overpaid. That's what happens. So it'll definitely be something to watch. And, and I think it's one of those things, as I mentioned, the scheme fit here, his familiarity with Gus Bradley's defense makes him something that I would prioritize, but it all comes down to the dollar signs. Yeah, I think the scheme is big for for. Yannick, knowing that he can play in this scheme and feel comfortable, he knows it like the back of his hand, he knows Gus very well. Then as Casey said to me, it's about the dollars. I mean, you know, what are we willing to spend to keep him? What are we willing to say, okay, this is what we're going to spend to keep Yannick because he's this important to us? Or, you know, are we going to say, hey, this is the number we have and we're not going to go over this number. Mm-hmm. And if we, if he wants more than that, we have to look elsewhere or something like that. So that's going to be a big part of it. But I, I think – what helps Yannick in this situation is, as Casey mentioned, Gus Bradley, knowing the system, and I, I think, you know, as far as what he's done over the over the years and being durable and being available is going to help Yannick uh, as far as making a decision and I think will help, hopefully, uh, him staying here. Yeah. Is is this a – is Ngakwe a first-week free agency guy? Is he a second-week guy? I mean, where, where does he sit in terms of uh, the highest – uh, marquee free agents all, all told out there on the open market, whether that's re-signed by the Colts or somebody else. And, and while you guys ponder that, and this is something that I thought about too, and, and, and certainly this is only going to go so far, but Ngakwe last year really seemed to have found a nice fit both scheme-wise, but I think just community-wise right. as Agreed. well. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've never really seen a, a player come in in such a short amount of time be embraced by the city. Right. 
and quite frankly, he was embraced because of what he was giving back. It was what Ngakwe was putting out there that allowed him to be loved and embraced by the city of Indianapolis and the community of central Indiana because of the teacher's treasures involvement and and just putting himself out there wanting to be, you know, more of a, a focal point of the community where he was playing. We know about, you know, the five teams in five, six years and being traded a couple of different times. He seems to have kind of matured and, and grown and wants to be identifiable for the team that he plays for and the community that he is in so that's that's part of this as well but again that's only going to take you so far but where do you think Ngakwe ranks in terms of first week second week how how quickly do you think something's going to happen with him well I don't know how quickly something's going to happen with him but I think he will get some attention in that first week of course I think teams will or reach out to him or, or his agent will reach out to different teams. And, of course, I, I believe the Colts will possibly reach out to him when I don't, do not know. And mm-hmm. hopefully they can get, work something out. But I think he's one of those guys, as we mentioned earlier, the importance of the quarterback uh, being so big in the National Football League right now. I think with the way you have to try to neutralize him, as we mentioned earlier about the uh, pass rush and, and things of that nature, he will get some attention early. Yeah, he will be covered early by some different teams, I think, because of just – who he is and what he's done. And, you know, he comes in there, he's a leader, he's a veteran person, he can help some young guys out, he can, he can play uh, in different systems as he's gone throughout his career, played with different teams with Jacksonville, Baltimore, Minnesota. So yeah. he can play in different systems, but um, I think he will be someone that is coveted uh, throughout the National Football League. And, and, I mean, you think about where we are right now, we're a month and a half, well, give or take, uh, from the NFL draft. Yes. You're trying to get that in line. So if you look at your draft board and say, we need an edge. Def- we need a pass rusher. Yet we're sitting at, let's say it's eighteen. You know, whatever team that is. That's. I think that's where you're going to see the importance of that first week of free agency because defensive end is so. I mean, you have to get after the passer. That is one of the things you have to do in this league. So he, that position that he's in, I think that is going to force that issue. I think that's why, in my opinion, he's going to be a first week guy. And it's one of those things where you want to make sure you have that guy so that when the draft rolls around, you aren't waiting. Because sometimes you get to that point where you're like, well, we can't quite get here, so we'll come, you know, you go down, you go down that level and you say, all right, we'll talk to you after the draft if we don't address this need. And then some of those guys start to go away and then you're really left for a bare cupboard. So that's one of the things that I'm going to be watching because it it shows, I think it almost shows the hand of what teams are trying to do when April rolls around. So when you start hearing the conversations, it's one of those things where if you can get a free agent, it, it takes that need off your draft board and that is pretty key. Yeah, reliable veteran status right there, reliable veteran production. Great stuff. Casey Vallier, Bill Brooks, the free agent tracker podcast breaking down Yannick Ngakwe and as we said things really start to ramp up next Monday the legal tampering period and then Wednesday full bore on to the new league year and NFL free agency and we've got you covered we've had you covered this entire time we got one more to go EJ Speed later on this week the Colts veteran linebacker hitting free agency for the first time so we'll break him down to close out our free agent tracker podcast series again for Bill and Casey, I'm Matt Taylor. Thanks for listening. And you got it dialed in right here on Colts.com and the Colts Audio Network. So long.